Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, October 31st. Happy Halloween, y'all. And look at what I'm dressed as. A 42-year-old mom. Literally, I'm in like a sweater and pants. Real Halloween like me. I'm wearing black pants, so I guess I'm a little bit Halloweened out. How are you guys? Are you celebrating Halloween? What are your kids dressed up as? So my kids dress up at night only, not for school. And so they will be in their costumes tonight. They're going to be hot dogs. This was a choice that they made together. Hot dogs. And they decided that they'll probably wear their hot dogs with a blanket over them. And maybe they will be pigs in a blanket. I don't know. My guess is that those those that blanket will last exactly one minute and we'll be done with that. Lance is actually not going to be with us for trick-or-treating and for Halloween tonight because unfortunately he is working. Dancing with the Stars is shooting a live episode tonight. Um, it's the monster theme episode, which is basically like Halloween, right? It's the Halloween monster theme um, episode. And so he'll be on set. And I was like, I need to know what Mar Mauricio is dressed like. I, I need to, we need to get early access on Mauricio in, in his monster costume. In fact, I'm going to make sure that he tries to get some, you know, early photos for us. So he's going to be on set tonight. And I couldn't believe that they're shooting on Halloween. I just always think about the 500 crew members that are working on that show. I'm like, don't people have kids like you? But that's the industry, you guys. This industry, Lance has missed birthdays. He's missed holidays. He's missed multiple anniversaries. He's missed, yeah, this is just the industry that they're in. Um, we have, oh my gosh, you should carry ketchup and mustard. That's a really good idea. And I was thinking about wearing all red. I have a red sweatshirt. So either I go just like as a cat, which is the lazy mom costume, or I wear, you know, a red sweatshirt and call myself ketchup. I think I'm going to go for cat. The cat. I'll be the cat. Well, you guys loved yesterday's episode. I got so much love from it. Thank you. I think you really enjoyed having Lance on the show. It's always fun to change it up and have just, you know, another voice. I am on yesterday. I was on Sarah Frazier's show. If you guys listen to her show, the Sarah Frazier show, she was on my show a couple weeks ago. Tomorrow I'm recording with Morgan Talks. I'll be on Zach Peter's show on Thursday. And then Friday, we will not have a show, you guys. No Daily Dose of Donna on Friday because I will be en route to Vegas. And Vegas is stressing me out, y'all. I'm getting so many DMs from you guys saying like, meet us, uh, meet up with us here and join us here. And I'm thinking to myself, I know the way I get. I don't adhere to plans well. When I am on a vacation or on like even on a work trip, I kind of like to go with the flow. So I enjoy just going somewhere and being like, I feel like having a drink at Italy. And we're, where we're staying is right across the street from Italy. You guys know Italy, right? E-A-T-A-L-Y. So I'm like, maybe, you know, maybe I just throw BravoCon tickets like up in the air and then just end up shopping the whole weekend. I know that we have dinner plans on Friday and a show. And then on Saturday, we potentially have dinner plans and going to some sort of James Kennedy club. I told you guys about this yesterday on Saturday night. I don't know. I just heard. I just heard that it, he's that James Kennedy plans to come on at 1 a.m. Y'all, I don't know. I don't get it. I like sleep. I'm not a good sleeper and I can't sleep in. So I would rather go to sleep earlier than stay up crazy late. Like maybe, I don't know. We'll see how this goes. Is there a spa at BravoCon? Like, that's all I want. I'm kind of just looking at this as an excuse to get away. Anyway, so fun things happening in the next couple of weeks. I will be trying my hardest to uh, give you guys updates on what's going on. But if you're really wanting like in on BravoCon, I know they're streaming a ton on Peacock. And there's a lot of other creators who are dedicating their entire weekend to be like at the events and at the, all the panels. And I'm going to do what I do. And hopefully hang out with Craig. That's the plan. 
That's my plan, at least. We have a fun show today, you guys. We've been talking about this kind of stuff in the Facebook group for a while about Jeff Lewis. So we're definitely going to cover some Jeff Lewis drama again today. We touched on it yesterday. And then we are going to talk about some other couple of little stories here and there that I want to touch on before that. Make sure to join the Facebook group. Daily Dose of Donna. And then my Patreon episode comes out tomorrow. So join Patreon. And um, and let's just like, let's start talking about the things, okay? Hey, everyone. All right, let's get into it. So I have like, you know, I woke up this morning and I was like, nothing's going on. This is always how it always works. Nothing's going on. I don't really know what to talk about. So I started jotting down like some basic ideas of stories. And these are stories that I would literally never cover on the show unless absolutely nothing was happening. For example, Travis Barker announces the name of his baby with Courtney Kardashian. Could not care at all. But I'll tell you guys anyway, it's Rocky. Rocky Barker, but who cares? Does anyone care? I don't care. Okay, so Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker's uh, son is Rocky Barker. You heard it here probably 10th, but it's a story. Another story that just kind of popped through and I was like, eh, I'll touch on it just so that you guys know I am in the know of all this stuff. Megan Fox, actress Megan Fox, and she's married to, um, uh, now I can't remember his name. You know, the tall uh, blonde dude. He's he's like funky. He's um, I'm going to say it wrong, so I don't even want to go there. Anyway, so Megan Fox used to be married to Brian Austin Green and they have kids together. She is a SAG member because she's an actress and obviously SAG after is on strike still. Machine Gun Kelly, thank you so much. I wanted to say it was M, like I was, I almost wanted to say Mark Paul Gosselar because I knew it was like three words. Machine Gun Kelly, you guys are the best. Um, so, so she goes, SAG after, look, I'm not a union expert and I don't know a lot about what's going on, but when I saw this last week, I was like, you've got to be joking. SAG-AFTRA is still on strike. Remember, the writer's strike is finished, but SAG-AFTRA is still on strike. So no production, real like theatrical scripted production is, is happening right now. It's a horrible time for the industry. It, it trickles down to every single layer of Los Angeles and, and the industry world. And so SAG-AFTRA decided that one of their points that they wanted to make last week or a couple of weeks ago was that on Halloween, Please do not dress up or have your children dress up as any of the movies or the characters from movies or TV shows that is currently on strike. Okay, that's asking a little too much. I'm sorry. What a stupid, silly point to push on. For me, I think like talk about money, talk about AI, talk about residuals, talk about insurance. Who gives a crap if, you know, blah, blah, blah's daughter wants to play the role of Snow White? It doesn't make any sense. So anyway, Machine, uh, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox dressed up anyway from Kill Bill. And the worst thing about it was her, she really like stuck it to SAG-AFTRA because she hashtag SAG-AFTRA in her Instagram post, basically saying like, F you. I kind of get it. But at the same time, it's not a good, it's not a good look to go against your union, but like, let's talk about important matters. I can't stand this. Like the way our society is moving just in so many ways, I feel like people's focus, are, it's just on the wrong things, right? We're not focusing on the right issues. We're spending our time getting like highly, highly obsessed and focused on things that don't matter. And then like the things that do matter just completely go by the wayside. Speaking of things that don't matter, let's talk about housewives. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, this is me. I literally spend my days talking about housewives. <laughs> I am the problem. It's me. Uh, okay, you guys, I have to touch on this Teddy Kyle thing again. Last week, I had a whole episode where I covered how Teddy Mellencamp went on her housewives podcast, Two Teas in a Pod with Tamara, and talked about how she, um, how she, she basically alluded to the fact that not only has Mauricio cheated on Kyle, but Teddy's husband, Edwin, has cheated on Teddy. And everyone found this like really odd. 
because she's not a housewife anymore. This was never a storyline between them. This is three years after she's been a housewife. Why is she focusing and and like bringing her husband, who she's still with, you know, kind of throwing him under the bus as someone that has cheated on her? Did he want this to happen? And also, does does Kyle want this news to be out that Mauricio is or has cheated on Kyle. So someone sent me a clip this morning of another YouTuber who was posting all about this and saying, you know, Kyle, you should really change your friends. Like, this is not the good kind of friend. You should definitely not be um, promoting, you know, like clearly she doesn't have your back. She's throwing Mauricio under the, under the bus. She's kind of airing your dirty laundry for you. I just want you guys to think this critically think about this critically. We've seen Teddy Mellencamp stand up for Kyle in more ways than I've seen any friend stand up for any friend on any single one of these shows. Truly. Like every single one of them throws each other under the bus, but Teddy is the one that has never been able to do that for Kyle, no matter what. Kyle could like, even on the episode where she was, you know, angry at Sutton and kind of grabbed Sutton and pulled her to the side and was like, don't do that. You remember that at, with Diana in last season? Teddy still has a hard time admitting that Kyle's at fault with anything. Then Teddy was on Watch What Happens Live with Kyle, completely having Kyle's back. If you think for just one second that Kyle and Teddy were not in cahoots with everything that Teddy has said about the situation, you probably need to like look a little... uh I don't know. Open your eyes a little bit. Teddy will not and is not ever going to say something that Kyle has not already kind of, I think, given her the approval to say. Teddy will not throw Kyle under the bus. Whatever Teddy says on any interview, podcast, whatever, I believe is already kind of vetted and approved by not only Kyle, but probably Teddy's husband as well. Because that was my only thing. I thought to myself, like, I don't understand how Teddy's husband would have been okay with this, where she brought it up on Watch What Happens Live, and then she brought it up the next day on her show. But I do believe that they were probably in, like, they're in some sort of a agreement. Like, we need to get ratings. I just said that out loud. So anyway, don't think that Kyle is sitting here thinking Teddy like screwed her over in any way, no way, 100% Teddy has got Kyle's back. Someone said Teddy treats Kyle like Cody Brown, that she could never do anything wrong. That's really, really funny. And I, I do actually kind of feel that way too. I do. And I think the the majority of the audience sees that you can like Teddy and you can like Kyle, but you can still see that, right? It's like, it's a little bit. I don't want to say like nepotism, but it's a little bit like favorite child syndrome, right? So I do believe that Kyle is 100% using Teddy as not as a friend. I think they're good friends, but Teddy's a great mouthpiece for Kyle. Teddy has a huge podcast, a huge audience, a huge, you guys may not love her. I know a lot of you guys have your audience, your, your feelings on Teddy, but she's, she has a huge platform of fans of these shows. So if Teddy has Kyle's back, that's always going to be good for Kyle. Part of me almost feels like though, it's not necessarily good for Kyle the more Teddy has her back. It's almost backfiring. Anyway, well, let's push on this Dancing with the Stars stuff for just a bit because, you know, Dancing with the Stars is on tonight. And as you guys know, last week they did a Len Goodman tribute. Len Goodman was the judge who was on for so many seasons and he left after the end of last season and then he passed away from cancer. And it was a beautiful, beautiful tribute, but a lot of dancers weren't invited back. One being Sharna Burgess, who is um, Brian Austin Green's fiance, and he made it very clear that he was upset about it. And another one was Cheryl Burke. Both Cheryl and Sharna, from what I know, have spoken ill of Dancing with the Stars. Maybe not completely badly, but they have definitely not been the biggest supporters. And I, I said this already last week. Cheryl Burke was a huge part of the show, and she should have been invited. But also, would you invite an ex-employee who's shit-talked you to an event? 
Probably not, right? Like, I don't know. For me, I feel like if I had an assistant or someone that worked for me or a nanny or, or you know, a producer that worked on the show or whatever and then went off and talked badly about me on their own programs, I wouldn't be inviting them back for some sort of reunion episode. It's like that's that's a no-brainer, right? So anyway, Cheryl Burke has definitely opened up and spoken badly about Dancing with the Stars multiple times and her experiences. But here's an interesting article that I saw kind of buried. Lacey Schwimmer was a dancer on Dancing with the Stars. She was back in like 2008, like when the show's first started 15 years ago. In the first few seasons, I don't have like the exact amount of how many times she was on the show or how many seasons, but she was to me a, a like a very memorable dancer because if you guys remember, she was on the show so you think you can dance. She was a contestant. Now, between Dancing with the Stars and So You Think You Can Dance, I was team So You Think You Can Dance if you had to choose one. That was a show that was a must-watch every week for me. That's where we met Twitch, you know, Stephen Boss, who passed away last year. That's where, of course, Lacey Schwimmer and so many other incredible dancers we met on that show. It was like, do you guys remember? It was Nigel Lithgow was one of the judges. He was the British dude. And Mary... I can't remember Mary's last name, but Mary, um, she was like, I'm Mary. <laughs> she was like this wild judge. It was such a good show. And they had the celebrity choreographers always come in and do their choreography. Mandy Moore was one of the choreographers. And then there was another like really, really short haired blonde choreographer. Oh my gosh. It was such an amazing show. And, um, and, uh, so Lacey Schwimmer was a contestant on that show and did very, very well. So she was a dancer on Dancing with the Stars, and she is now on Cheryl Burke's podcast explaining how 15 years ago, she was essentially fat shamed by two of the dancers, uh, Maxim and, uh, let me just pull up the article so I have it in front of me. Um. It was Maxim Mosley and Louis Van, Van Amstel. So Maxim Tremovsky is one of the biggest, you know, dancers on that show. He's a pro. He's no longer on the show. He was definitely there at the, the event last week. But he's one of the biggest dancers. And so on her episode yesterday, she said, when I was 19 years old and I was excited to do this brand new venture and be celebrated for something I've worked my whole life doing to hear people I've looked up to, it literally broke my spirit, she shared. So basically, she says, it ruined me. I remember crying and crying and crying. I guess in 2008, Maxim, this is actually really a bummer. It's it's sad to hear this anytime because I don't believe people should ever be weight shamed. Like, I'm not a big fan of weight shaming anyone. And, you know, there's a big, big weight conversation that's happening, even like with Kelly Clarkson. There's articles left and right about how Kelly Clarkson looks so thin, so thin, so thin. Well, yeah, there's a lot of people that are, their bodies change, but this is not newsworthy and I'm not going to report on it. It's in the news though, all the time is when people gain weight or when people lose weight. So anyway, he said in 2008, something pretty shitty. He said it to the TV guide saying, when I first saw these women this, this season, I said, guys, you know, the camera adds 10 pounds. You have to do something about this. And then Van Amstel said, people look at the show to be inspired and think if I just work hard enough, I can look like that. If they watch someone who's dancing her butt off and she's still heavy, they can be discouraged. You have to take that responsibly. <clears throat> you have to take that responsibility. I'm sorry. And then at the time, Lacey Schwimmer responded to the comments on Access Hollywood saying she was confident and happy with the way she looked, but behind the scenes, she was super struggling with the issue. Now, if you look back and watch her, she was, she was a size six and 138 pounds. Like she was not a heavy girl at all, but she said that it really created major, major issues. She started to get addicted to diet pills and, you know, she, there were times where she would eat 500 calories a day. She would be dancing all day and be on Red Bull, Red Bull and just go, go, go. Um, and then she started losing a ton of weight. She went from a size six and a size to a size two. She weighed 115 pounds. And then she said that when that happened, she started getting more photo shoots in special dances on Dancing with the Stars. So there's like a part of her that feels like, you know, no one told me I had to lose weight. But when I was losing weight, I definitely was feeling like I was getting a lot of um, 
almost like rewards, right? Because now you're getting more press. Oh, it's such a tricky, it's such a horrible conversation to talk about. <clears throat> so damaging to young women and like even women my age. Come on, you don't think that like we're constantly thinking about this. So it's really, really unfortunate. And I think that if you get told one time in your life that you're heavy or that you're chubby or that you look like you could lose weight, it will affect you for the rest of your life. Like there's not one day that I don't remember being called chubby when I was younger, right? Like it's always in my mind. It's always. And as I record the episodes, I look and I'm like, oh, and you know, I just posted on uh, on my Instagram, someone tagged me in a reel of this this um, show that I'm going to be on on Friday. And it's a great clip and the, and the, you know, production value is great, but like, why am I noticing my double chin, right? This is just kind of who we are as human beings and it sucks. It's so not good for our brains to feel this way. But, you know, when on reality shows, when they, when people gain weight, it's like a conversation. And when people lose weight, like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Erica Jane on this episode, it was a conversation. And even on the show on Watch What Happens Live afterwards, someone had asked, Andy had asked Teddy because of her all in by Teddy accountability program. Someone had asked her and said, you know, what do you think about Erica's weight loss? And and Teddy said, you know, I'm really beyond, I think we're we're beyond talking about weight. But I think she did lose weight. <laughs> like, but then you talked about it. You're no one's beyond talking about weight because it's literally everything everyone talks about. And for some reason, we give it a pass with women talking about it amongst each other. But men talking about it and men saying comments like that that are really hurtful. That is like a no-go anymore. So I don't know if you can attribute some of it to 2008 versus 2023. Like things have changed. There's no question. But I do think that um, it's not a good look for those guys. And I'm sure Dancing with the Stars doesn't like hearing it either. So what can you do? This is just the way it is. Um, it's just the society that we're in. It's sad. But we're all like so visually focused and I hate it. I hate all of it. Um, okay, so let's move on to, oh my gosh, another little housewives piece. And it's really not that big of a story. But remember, I was talking about Dorit and PK last week. So basically what happened was this. I have heard from multiple sources that Dorit and PK are separating. I trust these sources. I believe these sources. Now, when the news hit and it was on watch, it was on, I want to say Wednesday. Yes, it was the day of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills when it was um, released. So Wednesday night was the day that these articles started popping out that Dorit and PK are separated. And remember, Kyle and Teddy were shocked that it came out that day, but then didn't act shocked that it came out. And it was this weird, oh, we know something you don't know. So at that moment, Dorit and PK came out with a separation or a statement that Thursday saying, you know, we are not separated. We are working on everything. We've had a tough year, blah, 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 blah. I believe in my heart that there is definitely tension. I believe in my heart that there is definitely some sort of a separation and and it's possible that they have gotten back together or are working on things. Maybe divorce was never, well, it wasn't filed. We would have known if divorce was filed. Maybe they weren't legally or officially separated. Maybe they were just having a tough time. You know, Doreen has had a crazy ass year, right? She was robbed in her house and then she was robbed of $10,000 at a supermarket or something, apparently, or at a Target because her bag was in her cart. We talked about that last week. She's clearly going through some stuff and we've already seen some, some things alluded to in the trailers where PK doesn't take her seriously. All I know is this. On the night that Dancing with the Stars premiered, I went to the premiere, remember? And I was sitting in the audience and we were right across from the the Umansky family and Kyle Richards. So it was Kyle and three of the daughters and PK. Now, when I tell you, if you go back and watch my video, PK looks like so out of place, fish out of water, okay, sitting with this family. I, I always thought it was so weird that Mauricio's mom 
Estella, Dr. Estella was sitting behind at one of the seats and not in the table, but PK was there. Now, this was before the rumors had really started about PK and Jareed separating, because this is probably a month or two ago. What? Like, what? why in the world would Jareed not be there if things were gravy? Why would Jareed not join PK, her husband, to support her very close friend, Kyle, and Kyle's husband, Mauricio, on Dancing with the Stars. Like, why? It doesn't make any sense. Definitely doesn't make any sense to me. PK looked so odd. He was just sitting there alone, this, like, lonely guy hanging out at the table supporting Mauricio without Dorit. It didn't, it didn't like, check the boxes. Now, Dorit and PK went out on Friday night, and it, 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 goes to say that, you know, people are only picking up on the story right now because it's already Tuesday and it's only been kind of like talked about today. So I don't know where this story was be- has been, but there's pictures of the two of them on a date where when I tell you she looked so pained, like he's got his arm around her and she's like, mm-hmm. she looks like, I don't know. She doesn't look good. I mean, she looks beautiful, but she doesn't look like she's in love, happy. Now, it could have just been a bad picture, but in this moment, I'm thinking to myself, uh, I don't know. Is is this just for show? What are we actually doing here? So let me, I'll show you guys the picture because I posted it on my stories earlier. I find it really interesting. Um, it says, Dorit Kemsley put on a loved-up display with husband P.K. Kemsley during a night out in L.A. after shutting down separation rumors. And this is by Wig Hello Drama on Instagram. And they posted this picture. And if you zoom in on her face, it looks like she is literally, you know, holding in gas or something. It's real awkward. I don't know. So we'll have to see what happens with them. I imagine that they're going to probably end up okay, but there's definitely been some drama in the water. Do you guys care? Do we care? You know, there was a lot of blind items over the weekend about Dorit and, and Mauricio being a couple that they actually like hooked up. So no, is Beverly Hills about to get real, real good or are we going to just be over it? I don't know. Okay. It's on tomorrow night, so we'll have to see how episode two is. Let's move on to Jeff Lewis to wrap up this mini dose episode um, or just regular dose. It's like a regular dose episode. So Jeff Lewis was on um, was on his radio show yesterday. We talked about this very briefly, and he mentioned that he was having some issues in his life with two people. Well, no. Yesterday, we got a few. And I listened to the episode finally last night, so I was just in shock listening to it because when I reported on it, I had just heard what you guys said about it. So Jeff Lewis mentioned at first his issues with Jen Green, his producer from Hollywood House Lift. He also mentioned in the same episode that he had issues with Stu. Stu is his on-again, off-again, pause, on-pause, off-pause boyfriend, who now, he admits, has betrayed him. We don't know many more details, but I'm going to have my assumptions in just a moment. And then the third that he mentions, not really in the same category, but Megan. Megan Weaver is his really close sidekick. She's been on a bunch of his shows of Flipping Out and Hollywood House Lift. They work together. She's a very regular chump. She is very much a part of his community, and it would be a very, very tough loss for Jeff if he and Megan stopped talking. So. The issues, okay, well, um, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to go about this a little bit differently. I'm just going to kind of zoom out and then I'll go into some details. He then went on, well, then he started talking about the fact that he has lost six friends in a very, very short amount of time. He said this to Dr. Donna and he said, this is a, a time of shedding is what he called it because he had Teresa Caputo, who is, you know, the medium, he had her on the show and she said, this is a time of shedding. So the issue so the issues that he has, and these are all issues that he's had in the last few months since I've been reporting on it. So this is all since, you know, actually like, I can't remember the last day Julian Brandy did the after show, but I would say this this period of time was during that in, since then. So what, three months, four months? I don't know. So Julian Brandy, 
um, Heather McDonald. We knew about those. And then from yesterday, now we have Stu, Jen Green, and Megan. Okay. So he did mention at the end of today's show, he had a caller call in and shout out Ray. She sent a, um, an exact of what he said, but he said in his words, they are taking space. A caller asked, what's going on with you and Megan? He said, they're not on the outs, but they'll definitely be discussing at BravoCon over martinis um, and that it's been six months of stuff. So I'm going to go through some of these feuds from top to bottom in just like a very, very kind of, you know, shortened way because you guys are all so interested in the Jeff Lewis drama. And then I'm going to give you my thoughts on, on the whole thing at the end. But I was told yesterday that I'm a Jeff Lewis apologist and I swear to God, I don't mean to be, I don't have any invested interest, vested interest in Jeff Lewis or any of those people. I have, I do have a friendship. I have to be a hundred percent honest and real with you guys. I do have a friendship with Monica Casey. Monica and I are friends, text friends. But other than that, none of the people in the Jeff Lewis universe are like good friends of mine, right? I don't have a good friendship with any of the chumps. So other than that, I just want you guys to know, I, I really want to come at this from a very clear place of what I would say if this was any of my friends. So first one, first two of these people are Brandy and Julie. Now, as you guys remember, Brandy Howard and Julie Goldman, hilarious two comedians who were on People's Couch back in the day on Bravo, ended up getting, they were recurring chumps, meaning they would show up on Wednesdays usually or different episodes of Jeff Lewis's show, my, some of my favorite episodes, hilarious, amazing, really funny girls. They ended up getting and were developing, we found out, developing and ended up hosting Jeff Lewis After Show, the original Jeff Lewis After Show. Now that happened on channel 789. It was announced a few months ago and it was going to be a five day a week show between 10 a.m. Pacific time to 11 a.m. Pacific time. Plus they were going to get another show called Flipping Out Fridays where they were going to recap old shows of Flipping Out. Huge deal for them. Huge deal for Jeff Lewis to have this new episode or this new, um, sorry, channel. Big deal. Big deal, right? Um, I never really listened, but it's not because of Brandy and Julie. It's just because I don't have the time to listen to after show, usually. I mean, it's just very rare that I have that hour. If I can listen to anything, it's the Jeff Lewis show, and then I just hear from you guys what happened on the after show. So I didn't listen to a lot of the episodes, but I was seeing the chatter online in the Facebook groups and in different places about you know, how it felt like it wasn't such a happy, fun show to listen to towards the end. There felt like there was a lot of um, deep-seated issues. Maybe there was some drama between the two of them. Then there was some issue between, I mean, Brandy and Julie and Jeff. And there was clearly some issues between them and their bosses at Sirius. And the, then we finally found out they did an episode of the Pink Shade podcast with Mary Payne where they were very, very open about everything that happened, that basically Sirius Radio had a meeting with them and said, we need you guys to do the show in a certain way, not the way you're doing it. And according to not just Jeff, but also to Brandy and Julie on this podcast, they, they did not react well. They are not used to corporate and they got really pissed off. And so they probably acted pretty unprofessional. I think they said it themselves. I don't think that's too out of school. Okay. A week or two goes by and the next thing you know, we hear on a Sunday night that Brandy and Julie are fired and no one really knows what's going on. But the next day, Jeff explains everything. And so we only hear from Jeff's side. And Je and I'm very clear about that because a lot of people are like, Jeff is lying. Brandy and Julie had their own story. But I'm saying from Jeff's side, we found out that they had this meeting with Sirius and they acted really, you know, unprofessional. They would be late for things. They weren't really following directions and Sirius Radio was not happy with them. They wanted to change the format. They didn't like this. They felt like it was kind of a downer. They weren't promoting the, you know, the guests on Jeff Lewis. They weren't really doing the job as Jeff and Sirius wanted them to do. And finally, after just like a lot of back and forth, Jeff essentially said, this is not working. We got, we got to be done. Right. Um, Okay, I want to be really clear here. Mark says the part that you're leaving out though is that this the after show was their idea. It was their baby. I would be triggered too. Yes, I did say that they developed it. So 
I don't know exactly whose idea it was, but they probably listened to shows like Howard Stern and like, yes, let's do an after show. And they were the best people for that show in the iteration that they had planned for. But for whatever reason, things had changed and things weren't going according to plan and there needed to be some pivots. And I don't think Jeff felt like they were very happy about the pivots and didn't want to be there and didn't want, you know, whatever. It was not a good fit. And Brandy and Julie were very upset about it, and they haven't really been able to talk about it. I don't know if that's NDA or they're just trying not to talk about it, but they're, they've alluded to it many times on their episodes and um, in Instagram posts, kind of like in code, basically, how they were unceremoniously fired, how they were not fairly treated, how they were very, very angry with him. And so that friendship as of right now is a no-go. I don't think Jeff Lewis and Brandy and Julie anytime soon are going to be making up. Now, I don't follow Brandy and Julie's, or I'm not a, a Patreon listener to their show, so I don't really know what's going on with them other than their weekly show. I think that they probably have a very, very solid, strong audience. So I'm sure they're fine, but I'm sure they were really bummed about this, as was Jeff. Now, a lot of you guys maybe think that's Jeff Apologist, but I really think Jeff said many times, I had, I was really hurt by this situation. Okay. Those are friends one and two. Friend number three. Take a deep breath because I don't want to get yelled at today. Heather McDonald. I've spent many times talking about this feud, so I don't know how much detail I can get into, but essentially the Heather McDonald feud started bubbling up during the time when she had a huge falling out with Megan Weaver, who we're going to talk about in just a moment, in Palm Springs back in March. They had a big falling out. Megan was drunk and and yelling at Heather, apparently, and calling her, you know, a social climber and this and this and that. I just kind of jumped into that moment to listen to Heather's side of her Patreon. And if I rewatched the episode, by the way, I have an episode here where I was basically listening to all of this for the first time after listening to Heather's Patreon episode and saying like, wow, this was really uncalled for on Megan's end. I thought Megan, like Heather's side of the story is really shitty for Heather. And it really is. And I do believe Megan spoke at a turn and acted badly that night because you shouldn't ever have kind of like a come to Jesus conversation where you're basically telling someone that they're a horrible person, especially in person at someone else's house while drinking, like everything worked, everything wasn't a good choice for Megan to do in that moment. Then what happened was Heather had done that emergency Patreon that Sunday night. And what and the reason why she did that, and she says it, is because she wanted to get her side of the story out because she knew that Monday morning at 9 a.m., Jeff Lewis was going to get online and he was going to go all in, right? He was going to go all in and he was going to have his side of the story. Well, Jeff Lewis did go into it on Monday, but he basically said, I haven't talked to Heather. I need to talk to everyone. I don't know really what's going on. I have a conversation with Megan coming soon. I wasn't there. But what happened was because of Heather's Patreon, Heather has a lot of really dedicated fans. And those fans really, really went down um, hard on Stu, who was Jeff's boyfriend at the time because he was with Megan, Megan, of course, and Jeff. And Jeff was like, I am not part of this. Just because it happened when I, with my two friends, doesn't mean that I was responsible for this. I thought Jeff tried to minimize the drama that he had between both Megan and Heather. I actually think that he did a nice job of kind of towing the line. He didn't like that Megan did that. He thought Megan was out of line. And he was really disappointed in her. But at the same time, I think he didn't like that Heather went on a paid platform to dog, you know, all of his people. So that relationship kind of stuck for a, a few weeks because Heather said, I am not ever going to do Jeff Lewis's show again, which I think hurt Jeff's feelings as being friends with Heather from, from college. Then eventually Heather did do the show Jeff was very nice with Heather, I thought, on the episode. They did get a caller at the end of the episode where Heather felt like it was pretty shitty, a caller that it was essentially siding with Megan, and Heather thought that, you know, that was an intentional call. Um, but other than that, I thought Jeff and Heather seemed pretty cool during that appearance. 
Then Heather and Jeff were on Watch What Happens Live in New York a few weeks ago, and that was the beginning of the end. On that show, they did get a call from someone about the Megan drama. Heather was not happy about that. She thought it was planted. Um, and then right after that trip where they went out to dinner and they had lots of fun together and they were hanging out with like Aaron Leachy from Watch What Happens, I mean, from Roni, they came back and very soon after that started the Justin Martindale debacle. I don't need to get into that. I do not need to get into the Justin Martindale of it all. But Jeff Lewis's name was brought up by Justin because he claimed that Heather did not let Justin go on Jeff's show. So Jeff had no choice to, no, Jeff did not defend himself. He did not say anything in defense. At this point, he and Heather were fine, but then Heather went on her show, I believe it was a Patreon, and said, that's not true, that never happened. And that's when I think Jeff said, A, don't lie for me, it did happen. You and I did have a phone call saying this, that's one thing I'm not cool with. And then it started the War of the Roses, right? At that point, then things really went down south. He was talking shit. She was talking shit. She went even further on her Patreon. Then he went even further on his show. It was not a good, that was like the craziest few days of, of radio I've ever heard, right? And so eventually, obviously, at that point, Jeff said, no longer are Heather and I friends. And Heather felt the same way about Jeff and that relationship eh, over. So those are the first three. Now, the last three happened just recently. Jen Green was a producer that Jeff apparently got her the job on Hollywood House Lift, and he explained in very, very strong detail. And I was talking to Lance yesterday because Lance is, you know, he's in reality. And I was like, this is really bad for this Jen Green because Jen Green, if she is an actual producer on multiple reality shows, this is just like the worst, um, you know, reference, like letter that you can ever get from someone. You know how when you're about to hire someone, you call their former employee to find out how they were as a, as a producer or as a babysitter or whatever? It's just awful. So um, so she, he basically said she was late. She didn't care. She wasn't tuned in. She wasn't checking in. She wasn't doing her job. She was lazy. To, I mean, it went on and on and on. I, I don't think like the audience is so devastated over this. It feels like it's just a work environment. But notice, once again, it's someone that he was friends with and brought on as an employee. Seems like it is a bad move for him to do. Next, Stu. Stu, like I said, on again, off again boyfriend. They've been together now for over a year. Um, if you can count all the off again times, but clearly they have a very tumultuous relationship. I think they both like the drama. I think they both want the drama. And I think they both have like an, I can't quit you relationship where they fight, fight, fight. And then they need each other to make up. I really truly hope he's over him. Not because I don't like Stu. I really do like Stu. When I met him, he was so nice. We had so much fun at his event, but Stu is not the right guy for Jeff. It just, or maybe Jeff's not the right guy for Stu. I mean, there's no trust there with a the scam likely of it all. Jeff, Jeff caught Stu lying and changing a phone number of an ex in his phone to scam likely. Jeff and Jeff would be out of town and then find out that Stu was having drinks with this ex at Jaconi's. Like, it's just not a good vibe. And then what we know, we don't know specifically, the last time they actually hung out was on a Friday night. They went to watch um, the, bar the Taylor Swift movie with Monica Casey and I don't remember who the fourth was, maybe Krista. I don't even know. And Jeff left early. He left 45 minutes or after 45 minutes. And that was the last time we've heard that he's hung out with Stu. He ended up going to New York right after and working out of town. And then he came back. He had his Halloween event over the weekend. Stu wasn't there. We did hear out of Jeff's mouth, Stu betrayed me. We also heard that Jeff got his full STD panel done. My inclination is that Jeff thinks that Stu, either he did or Jeff's thinks that Stu cheated on him, which is why Jeff would have to go and get an STD panel. Because I think the only reason you ever do that is if you think that you're, if you're in a serious relationship, is if you think that you were cheated on, right? Am I crazy to believe that? I think that's the only time, like, 
I'm not going and getting STD panels in a committed marriage where I don't think Lance is cheating on me. So I, there may have been some other things. I think, Stu, even if it's not about cheating, it's just like there's no trust there. The trust has been broken so many times over and over and over. It just doesn't seem like it makes sense anymore as a relationship. I'll just never forget when I met Stu that night his Amy Phillips event. And we were like laughing and having fun and chatting. And I was like, you should be on my show. And he's like, I would love to be on your show. And I said, um, and I know that he was, he's a judge on this other show. I don't think it's been announced, but I'll let you know when I know that I can talk about it. And then he said, at some point, I said, what reality show would you not want to be on? He's like, there's not one. Like Stu is very, you know, fame and success driven. Success is not an issue, but like the fame driven part for me makes me think that Jeff and him are just, it's like, it's a tumultuous, passionate relationship, but those are the ones that that like twin flame love where you're just like, I can't get enough of you. I hate you. I can't get enough of you. I hate you. It just doesn't feel like a healthy, stable thing, especially given Monroe. Jeff is, um, I was going to say a mother. He's a father. He needs to be with someone Either he needs to be single or he needs to be with someone that is not all up and down. But maybe Jeff needs it. And there's a part of me that thinks he does. That's just my gut feeling. And the final and the saddest one about this, you guys, is about Megan. So Jeff and Megan have been so close. And I guess stuff has been bubbling up for six months. And we don't know exactly what it is. But he's she's been shooting his show. And she's been on his his. You know, she's been on Hollywood House Left and she's been a guest on his show so many times since then. We have not gotten the feeling that there's any drama at all. So all of this stuff is very under wraps. But over the weekend, she was at a wedding with Kelly Dodd and with Heather McDonald. They were all at the same wedding and they took a picture together. Now, Megan looks severely pained in this picture. Megan looks like she does not want to be in the picture at all. She looks like Dorit in the picture with PK. Megan Weaver and Dorit from um, Real Housewives look the same in those those pictures, but she does not look happy to be in this picture at all. And um, that being said, I know she and Kelly are really, really close. I think it was a little maybe uncomfortable for her to be in the picture with Heather. But according to Kelly Dodd, who called in to Jeff Lewis, she said, you know, Megan was not super excited about taking the picture. She had a lot of angst about the whole experience of being with Heather in the same place. But, you know, she had to support her friend and she had to be at the same at the event. Like that was Asia's one of her best friends, stepdaughter's wedding, I believe. So I don't know, you know, exactly what Jeff is upset about, but I think he did mention he wished there was some sort of a heads up that he didn't have to open Instagram. And I get this, by the way, I get this. He didn't have to open Instagram and immediately see a picture of two, like one of his best friends, another one of his really close friends taking a picture with like who he deems in his mind as the enemy. You know, Jeff got really involved in in the middle of the drama between the Kelly Dodd and the Heather and the Megan over the last few weeks. So it's like, it feels a little bit like, really? Oh my gosh, are you sleeping with the enemy? Now, I'm going to say this again as not, I am not a Jeff Lewis apologist. I do think Jeff plays a huge role in all of this. I do not believe that Jeff Lewis is is completely clear of drama um, or like of... uh blame. He's not clear of blame here. He has to be involved in some of this because there's no way that one person can have drama with so many people around them and it's never their fault. I.e. Bethany. I.e. Heather McDonald. Like these are people that constantly have falling outs and you wonder why. So I don't think that they are blame free. I do think that Jeff is holding or tends to, how can I put this? I think Jeff is very, very hard to be friends with. That's my guess. My guess is working with Jeff and then being his friend, it gets real muddy. And all of a sudden you find yourself like needing him for your paycheck, but also wanting to be on his good side as a friend. It, it sets a very odd tone. It sets a very strange kind of dynamic. And the problem is, is that he becomes friends with these people and then he puts them on his shows. It should be the opposite. No, I'm sorry. 
he should just have people on his shows and then have like, as Jameson says, like colleagues. But he he murks it too much, which is why we love them so much. Because we're so obsessed with the chumps and we want to hang out with the chumps if you're a Jeff Lewis fan because they seem like they're all best friends and have so much fun together and they do these events. And they do like, you know, Doug's cooking, cooking kibitz night or Halloween, Halloween Horror Night. So it seems so kind of like fun, but there's always going to be drama with friends. And it really, really murks things up when not only are you friends, but you're also hired by someone. It's a power dynamic. It's not like you're going in as partners on a podcast together or partners in a firm together. This is really a very, very odd kind of dynamic. Um, I will listen to the after show. I listened to a lot of it this morning, but I didn't listen to the callers. Um, I think it's just going to be tricky for Jeff to continue, you know, in this path. I I don't know what's next for him. I just know you got to look inwards if you keep feeling like people are disloyal to you. And it's possible that they are, but it's also possible that they just also have to look out for themselves sometimes. Not saying that was Stu. Like there's no reason that he should be cheating on Jeff. There's no um, justification for that. But I'm just thinking like with the Megan, I just don't want him and Megan to break up. If he and Megan do not stay together, thanks for the super sticker T-ball. If he and Megan do not stay together as friends and as co-hosts, that will be a devastating day for anyone that is a fan of Jeff Lewis live and the chumps. Like Megan is, is, a huge, huge part of that world. And I love her on the show. I find her so funny. I just love the way that she can take Jeff's shit and she gives him shit back. I just think it's so good. And it would be so sad. It would be like a real, real breakup and it would really divide the chumps if Megan and Jeff fell out. But for whatever reason, I feel like the fact that he's like, I'm not writing her off. I just need to figure it out. You know, there's nothing about her that's making me decide like for sure it's over. We need to talk it out. So I'm going to hope that he's smart about this and he just treads lightly and realizes, yes, my feelings were hurt about A, B, and C, but you are also not a bad person and I love you. And I hope that, you know, this was not intentional and move on. Because how many times do your friends hurt your feelings? And it's by accident. Like there's a lot of friends that, that, you know, disappoint me in my life, but I'm not going to lose my friendship over them because it's not intentional. It's not trying to hurt my feelings. It's just, they did something to hurt my feelings. Like sometimes it's not on purpose, right? Anyway, would love to know your guys' thoughts. I see a bunch of your comments. Thank you so much for being an active part of Daily Dose of Donna. Thank you for sharing this podcast with all your friends and commenting, subscribing, and giving me a review and a rating over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I hope you guys have an amazing, safe Halloween. Go post your Halloween costumes in Daily Dose of Donna Facebook group, and I will see you guys tomorrow on November 1st. Do you remember? No, wrong month. There's no Nova. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. Okay, that's tomorrow. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye, y'all. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.